Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of the day's message is The Spiritual Rocket Boosters of Romans chapter 14. Hey, we welcome those as well who are watching this on our channel. And if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel and you want to be, go to Igniting Hope YouTube. We'd love for you to be a part of what we're doing there as we're building up our library, a hope library, a renewing the mind library, a joy library. It's all combined. It's going to be, uh, it's good and it's going to get even stronger. Hey, we started this week our fully convinced eight-week online course for on our platform, ignitinghopeacademy.com. Fully convinced the art of decision-making, attaching great faith to who we are and what we do. It's not too late to be a part of that. If you want more info, go to ignitinghopeacademy.com. Hey, we're talking today about the rocket, the spiritual rocket boosters of Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14 is, is such a powerful chapter for those who want freedom, those who uh, want to understand even the concepts that I'm sharing in my book, Fully Convinced, that's the course, because this is an excerpt out of the book, chapter 5. And, you know, one of the quotes that I love to share is, a bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. A bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. And and again, I'm not saying we can sin in faith, but there's a principle here. And I love sharing it when I write or speak because I love to jolt people into thinking about this. Because it's not just what we're doing that uh, impacts our lives, but more importantly, what we believe while we're doing it impacts our lives. It's not what we're doing that makes us tired. What we believe while we're doing it is the thing that often makes us tired. And we're to grow in so many areas within our lives and Christian maturity, being conformed into the image of Christ. When a person becomes born again, they are go on a process of maturing and being conformed into Christ's image. And that being conformed into his image is so many things. It's surrender. It's love. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's humility. Sacrifice. But one thing that I believe that it often is not emphasized enough in our maturing is being fully convinced, is what it does, the maturing in our thinking, to be confident, to attach faith to what we're doing. And Romans chapter 14 is a real good chapter to help us do that. It, It 
it speaks about personal responsibility, diversity in how God's people make decisions, deciding in faith, not negatively influencing those weaker in faith, and warns us about judging the choices of others. So I want to just take some of the key verses out of Romans chapter 14. Go on the journey with me. I pray for a spirit of revelation on you as you're listening today or as you're watching on YouTube. A spirit of revelation because Romans 14 holds keys for victory and greater influence. In verse 1, it says this, Receive one who is weak in faith, but not to dispute over doubtful things. It's noteworthy that there are doubtful things for us to address in our lives. These are matters where God has not made a clear heavenly directive. Now, in Romans 14, it mentions at least three areas that would be considered doubtful matters. One is Sabbaths, in verse 5, we'll talk about that. Two is uh, eating vegetables or eating meat or not eating meat. That's considered a doubtful thing. Later on, drinking wine, it talks about uh, that that's a doubtful thing. And again, when I'm talking about doubtful things, they're disputable things where people may have a different opinion. Now work with me here as I, as I go on. Verse 2. For one believes he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Now this is not an indictment against uh, vegans or, or vegetarians or, or that. Again, we're, we're, we're talking about a cultural thing of where people who were weak in faith, and it's interesting, as, as the Apostle Paul talks about being weak in faith, he's really talking about people who are focused and thinking that God's highest concern for us is, is concerning things that we shouldn't do, and that spirituality is measured by what we're not doing. And, and the Bible would say those who are focused on that are weak in faith. Let's go to verse 3. I'm not going to read all the verses, but the first three are very good. So it says this, Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. We are not to judge or think badly about those who are weak in faith, who, again, who believe their spirituality is measured by choosing not to do certain things. We're not to judge those people. Verse 4, who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. 
So it's warning us against judging. If we're focused on judging others, we are working against God's grace in those that we judge. We are to believe, and this is so powerful here, we are to believe they will be made to stand. Because at the end of verse 4 it says, Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Thank you, Lord. You're, you're, you're causing me to stand. You're causing others in the body of Christ who I would be tempted to judge to stand. Verse 5. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind, in this book, fully convinced that I have in the course that uh, I've been talking about. This verse is a key verse in that. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. We are to be fully convinced about what we do and what we believe. And it is possible concerning these so-called doubtful things that two people will have a different opinion and both be right. (laughs) Ha ha! Woo-hoo! That's powerful. And the two people will have a different opinion and both be right. Maybe uh, because of a cultural difference, because of a season of life that they're in because of uh, the people that they're called to influence. Two people may have two totally different convictions concerning some of these matters and both be right. Wow. Let's go to verse 10. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. If we are regularly critiquing what others are doing and believing, then we are misguided. If we are one who wants to get on social media or, 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 or be a heresy hunter and, and just critique and judge people who have different emphasis than us in, in, in the non-essential things of our walk. And if that's what we're doing and we critique and judge people who do not perfectly have the same perfect doctrine <laughs> that we have, we are misguided. And we are to take responsibility. It says, for we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We're to take responsibility for our choices and beliefs. For that is what we're going to give account for. Instead of focusing on what other people are doing and believing, we, we focus on our own beliefs and behaviors. Take the telephone pole out of our own eye before we try to take the toothpick out of our brother's eye. Verse 14. Now this gets it this it keeps getting powerful. Thank you, Lord. Verse 14. I know and am convinced by the Lord that there is nothing unclean of itself, 
But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now, what this is basically saying is our beliefs about whether our choices are right or wrong have a greater impact than we might think on our inner victory and on our influence. And again, I'll just say this. What I'm not saying, I'm not just saying that we can just decide something that's clearly uh, spoken of as wrong in the Bible as right. But there's a lot of things. Our opinion of whether something is clean or unclean, whether it is right or wrong, that, that those beliefs are more powerful than we know. And, and they'll, they'll impact our, our victory and our influence in a great way. Verse 17, Romans 14. We're talking today about the spiritual boosters of Romans 14. And rocket boosters are put on rockets to push them out of the atmosphere, to get them out into orbit. And I believe this chapter is a, is a chapter that will get us into orbit. <laughs> Verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not the priority of the kingdom is not to be focused on what we're eating and drinking. And again, that doesn't mean that there's not some importance in that. Obviously, there's people who abuse things that they're eating and drinking. And, but he's saying the kingdom is not about those kind of things. The kingdom is not about just do's and don'ts and trying to focus on constantly right behaviors. But it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I believe that the kingdom is, is those three things. Each of them, if you go to the depths of righteousness, go to the depths of peace, go to the depths of joy, that, that each of them is one-third of the kingdom and everything else falls underneath that, under, underneath at least one of those. Verse 21, It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Now, as we remove the shackles of legalism and doubt, we should not allow the freedom to detach us from deep connections in the body of Christ. Now, this is as we get freedom, as we, whoo I'm not legalistic. I don't need to, you know, just uh, focus on a bunch of rules. But what we do we can't allow that freedom to be an excuse just for disconnection and an, ex and, and an excuse to be unaware of how our behaviors influence others, especially the weak in faith. Now, let me just say this. We're, we're never going to have everybody agree with us. So this is not about, well, I, I can't do anything that somebody might say is wrong. Well, that's just not what, what he's saying here. I mean, there's people who are, are going to oppose the freedom that we have. And 
and, and that's people with a completely different view, maybe a legalistic mindset. I'm not talking about just being a people pleaser, but, but we do need to consider how our choices and behaviors influence those that we are called to influence and the weaker in faith. All right. This is good. Verse 22. Let me just say this about, I mean, again, the weaker, the, the person who's legalistic, you just said is weaker. Well, I'm saying people within our own environment who we are called to, those are the people that we consider how our behavior is impacting them. It's an act of love. We lay down our lives for, for others. Verse 22. Boy, this, I, I've been excited to get the verse 22 and verse 23 because they could be the most powerful verses in this chapter. Listen to verse 22. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. It says, do you have faith? Well, it says, have it to yourself before God. So it says, basically, it's saying, figure this thing out, you and the Lord. You've got a personal relationship with God. God understands the season that you're in. He understands the type of people you're, you're going to need to influence, or you're called to influence. He understands your just how he's wired you and where you're going. And, and so we have faith, have, have faith to yourself before God. We're not robots. You know, I think sometimes, Lord, why did you not just clearly outline every detail of how to live? Uh, you know, just why did you leave some things in kind of a gray area where, where diff, the scripture would seem to be able to give some differing views. And I believe it, but he did that so that it requires relationship. It requires connection. So again, verse 22, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Wow. Happy is he who does not condemn himself. Now, listen, the, the, the enemy, the accuser of the brethren wants to condemn us. But it's saying happy is he who doesn't condemn himself. And many, many believers constantly condemn themselves because they haven't worked out what they really believe they haven't come to a place there's uh, uh, of deciding, being fully convinced in certain areas uh, of, of their lives. And I like it. it says, happy. Well, happy is he. We all want to be happy. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. It's not what God approves, it's what I approve. And so as we grow and mature and as we have our faith before God and connect with him and decide what to believe about certain things that, that are not totally clear in Scripture, and part of growing up is becoming fully convinced. We, we may change our mind later, 
you know, I give God permission to change my mind, but it's a process to change my mind. I don't want to just change my mind every day. Well, I feel something today. I don't feel righteous today, so I don't believe I'm righteous. Now, listen, I, we, we're on this journey of getting fully convinced about who we are and about what we're doing. Happy. <laughs> Is he who does not condemn himself. Now, some of these things... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just opening them up, and, and these are things to pray about. You're going to get sparked by certain of these verses. Some of you are going to go into a, a deeper study. Others of you, this is just like a, a shower that you're getting and a seed planting and watering. And now, verse 23. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he, who does, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Now, I used to not like that verse. <laughs> but here, here I, want to, I want to share it in such a way that I believe it, it's going to really help those rocket boots to get you out of, get you into orbit. This chapter ends with a powerful statement in verse 23 that whatever we do apart from faith is sin. Now the original word, listen, the original word in the Bible for the word sin is hamartia. And the word hamartia means missing the mark, deriving from the sport of archery. As we attach faith to our beliefs and choices, we will hit the mark in our purpose, in our assignments, in our inner victory, and in our relationships. This verse is not to create a fear of punishment mindset of if I don't have enough faith, I must be sinning. No, no. But it is to impress on us that what we believe, what we believe is ultimately more important than what we do. Whatever is not a faith, we miss the mark. But here's the thing. Whatever is a faith, we hit the mark. And so we're, we're talking about attaching faith to what we're doing. We're talking about overcoming doubt. We're talking about moving towards being fully convinced about what we're doing and, again, about who we are. And so this Romans 14, what a, what a fun chapter. And we may not fully, again, we may not fully understand everything, how to implement these things, but there's, there's keys here. And I do believe these keys are going to blast us into our spiritual orbit. Hey, again, this is part of my upcoming book, Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision-Making, Attaching Great Faith to Who We Are and What We Do. And it's also a part of my course that just started by the same name, Fully Convinced. And this part is going to be in... Chapter 5, we're giving a PDF version of the book in the course. And so those in the course will have a sneak preview of what's coming up. The spiritual rocket boosters of, of Romans 14, moving us towards being fully convinced, not judging other people uh, and, and people who have different beliefs or different assignments in, in areas that are not black and white in Scripture. And realizing 
that the tendency to condemn ourselves is where we're going. We can't take that with us. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. And we are here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. My favorite definition of hope is this. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the future will be better than the present. And I have the power to help make it so. I believe hope is what makes our faith healthy. Hope is what makes our faith healthy. People who have faith without hope have a very difficult time overcoming disappointment because faith people who do not value hope tend to put all their eggs in one basket. If this doesn't happen, it's all over. If this prayer is not answered, uh, I'm not going to be able to really live. And we may not verbalize it, but it's a subconscious belief system that we can't really live until something happens. Hope people say, listen, I'm going to thrive while I'm waiting for that to happen. And even if it doesn't happen, I'm going to thrive. <laughs> Hope is the safety net for when what we believe for in faith does not happen. Because faith people without hope have limited options. Faith people with hope have multiple options. They, they know that God can do what he's promised in multiple different ways, and they're willing to try different things. That's why I hope people are solution people. Woohoo! And I'm talking to solution people. And remember, too, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I believe that our spiritual load-bearing capacity is in direct proportion to the level of joy in our lives. And we don't need joy at the end of the battle. We need joy in the middle of the battle. And pretty much for everybody listening and watching today, today's not a good day to walk in radical joy. <laughs> Woohoo! You know, in a more convenient season, joy, I will call for you. You know, I, most of the time I think I'm, I'm too tired. I, I just did something dumb. I, uh, financial struggles, bad news in the media, uncertainty for the future. I'm going to, no, I, I need joy. I need strength. So I need it right now. And we stir it up. We stir up the joy of the Lord first through thanksgiving. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. It says in, Psalm 100, and, and a gate is an entryway, and Thanksgiving is a gate into many things, including joy, including joy. So I become thankful. I focus more on what I have than what I don't have. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, God, uh, for the blessings. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for the Word. Thank you for Holy Spirit. Thank you for... Your promises, all things work together for good. Thank you, God, that you promised that you'd who've begun a good work in me will complete it. Thank you, Father. So we stir it up, and then we move into delighting. Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
And so we delight in the Lord. We don't delight in a certain outcome happening. We, we're not delighting in uh, one thing to happen. We're delighting in the Lord. And the context of that delighting is the, the delighter is delighting with unfulfilled desires. <laughs> Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So the delighter has unfulfilled desires. We all have got unfulfilled desires. And it's amazing that the delighting is a key to seeing the desire realized because it's linked to hope. Hope, hope people are delighters. Woohoo! God, I can't wait to see how you're going to do this. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my family. I can't wait to see what you're going to do about this area of personal weakness. I can't wait to see what you're going to do in my nation. Delight yourself in the Lord. It's a key for joy. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, in September, we're starting our Transformational Mind Renewal course, five-month course. It's our strongest content. If you like what we're doing in these podcasts, get ready. We will have that information available very soon. If you're not signed up for our newsletter, you can sign up at ignitinghope.com and you will receive the blog on Monday with the podcast there. Plus, every week we also send an email out with upcoming things that are happening, resources, free resources, uh, etc. And also know that we have certified belief trainers on our Igniting Hope dot com uh, website. And under resources, you can find out about that. And just thank you. Thank you so much for those who've been praying for Igniting Hope. Thank you so much for those who've been sowing financially into us. What a, what a great blessing. I'm going to be in Phoenix, Arizona, or Phoenix, Arizona area, Mesa, in, in the middle of August, the second weekend of August. You can go to our website and you can find out, uh, you can find out about that. And I'm going to be in Christianburg, uh, Virginia, last weekend of August. My wife, Wendy, is going to be in San Marcos, Texas, third weekend of August. So if you want to connect with us and find out and meet us, and if, you're, if you come to one of our meetings, please come up to me or come up to Wendy and say, hey, listen to your podcast, part of your family. Love that. Yes, today is a great day for breakthrough. Matthew, it's a great day for breakthrough. Hey, could you do something? I've been having you do this because uh, <laughs> we've been benefiting by it so much. Asking you to pray five seconds for Igniting Hope Ministries for my wife, Wendy, and me and our team. And just also just demonstrating the power of doing small things with great faith. Doing small things with great faith that have greater power than doing big things with little faith. So just take five seconds right now. Release your faith for Igniting Hope. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. And if you would ever like to sow financially into Igniting Hope, we believe we're good soil. You can go to ignitinghope.com and you can find Donate there. 
And we appreciate it so much. And thank you for watching this podcast. If you're blessed by what we're doing, tell somebody else about it. And because we want to see a hope revolution just invade the, the earth in such a big, big way. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And, and thank you so much always just for, for the encouragements that we receive. Uh, Arthur, thank you. He said, I've been listening to you on BSSM online, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry online. You and your wife have encouraged and inspired me so much. That means a lot for you to share that. And Matthew, you said, today is a wonderful day for breakthrough. And I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, God bless you, everybody. Thanks for those who joined us on YouTube. Thank you for those who are listening to the podcast as well. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.